Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your business's or restaurant's recycling program. Welcome to episode 166 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording right here in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I appreciate you tuning in today and supporting our sponsor, which is Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. They're all about reducing, reusing, recycling, and composting. New to the reducing aspect is to use reusable bags whenever you go shopping. Also sponsoring this episode comes from the deli at Jackson Hole Marketplace. Just an easy four mile drive south of town and we are using fresh baked bread and boar's head meats to make those deli sandwiches. Check them out at jhmarketplace.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host of this podcast, The Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you, everybody who's tuning in again, and welcome to all of you new listeners. I hope you found this podcast through a reference because all of those experienced listeners are sharing this podcast and giving it five stars and fabulous reviews. My mission is to bring you fascinating stories of people connected right here in Jackson Hole. I feel that we all really do have a story to share, and I want to bring stories which are going to connect with you and uplift your life just a little bit. And today's guest, he keeps track of his time in the Valley by the number of winters he's worked here in the Valley. Brendan Cronin is the highway avalanche forecaster for our area. But Brendan does more than just forecasting avalanches, and today, Brendan's going to share with us what is involved with his job at the Wyoming Department of Transportation. I can tell you Brendan and his co-workers at YDOT have safety front and center for all they do for our community and for the rest of the state. While hiking Glory Mountain, Brendan connected with me today to share some perspective of what his job entails and the why of the YDOT cruise. Thank you for joining me here today on the Jackson Hole Connection. I know that you're outdoors, so just want to give people fair warning that with some huffing and puffing that they might hear a little bit, but I'm glad that you have the time to talk to me right now. Yeah, not a problem, man. Yeah, and I apologize too for the audio if it sounds blown around or something. Um, I'll do my best. Well, that is quite all right. You are, I think, the first live action interview I've had. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, so, here we go. Yeah. So, Brendan, before we get into what you're doing right now, give the people who are listening a little bit of background. How long have you been here in the Valley and, and what exactly is it that you do? Oh, man, that's always the question in this Valley, huh? How long you lived here? Um, yeah. Well, I'm not a local. I wasn't born here. My family doesn't have a ranch here. Uh, I grew up in Saugus, Massachusetts, which is like 20 minutes north of Boston. Uh, I've lived here for, this is coming up on either 16 or 17 winters. So I had a number of years uh, where I was kind of a seasonal worker, like a lot of folks, and did the river guide thing. And I was a river ranger on different rivers. I've been a tree feller in the summer, but 
um, you know, again, some catering, then some um, landscaping, all the usual things to make it work. But uh, winters, I was always involved in the snow. I've worked on Togety Pass as a snowcat skiing guide, but an avalanche instructor for the Forest Service and the American Avalanche Institute. Uh, I've been a snowmaker at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. I was a ski patroller at Jackson Hole as well. And uh, this will be my fourth season with YDOT. Fourth season with, you've done quite a bit <laughs> when it comes yeah. to snow out here. Yeah, you got to hustle, right? I mean, that's the name of the game in this community is you got to hustle. That is so true. And for people to know, YDOT stands for Wyoming Department of Transportation. So that's correct. You, you are one of those folks that keeps our roads safe. And yes. tell people, what is your role at YDOT? So my role, I'm a highway avalanche forecaster. In actual YDOT speak, that category falls under a highway maintenance specialist too. And we are actually in, yeah, exactly. It's kind of funny. You know, I mean, yeah. So that's, uh, that's one of the things we're actually working on as a team is trying to reclassify the position and get us out from under uh, the quote unquote maintenance umbrella uh, because we do more than just maintain the roads. You know, we design uh, radio systems to communicate with avalanche infrastructure. We design and maintain uh, weather station systems that communicate with, uh, that are linked into the NOAA system. They're in, linked into the Meso West system. Uh, a lot of our data, I should say all of our data now is shared with the Bridger Teton Avalanche Center. So, you know, we, we kind of have a pretty diverse job spectrum versus just, you know, pushing snow off the road or in our case, knocking snow onto the road as avalanche forecasters and, and also avalanche mitigators. You know, that's, uh, I think that's kind of people think that all we're out here doing is blowing things up and making avalanches, but that's about 5% of my job in the winter. I'd say 50% of the time, maybe more is spent looking at the snow and tracking snow layers and looking at weather models, and, you know, coming up with a plan for the next anywhere from six to 36 hours in advance or in the future. Very, very interesting. Um, Brendan, and, and right now you are hiking. Tell people where you're hiking. Right now I'm uh, hiking up Mount Glory to uh, walk over to our, what's called an avalanche guard. It's a avalanche hazard mitigation system that uses, it's basically lobs projectiles or lobs explosives out of it and onto the slope. Um, that system is a backup to our Gazex system, which I think a lot of people might be familiar. There are these large steel cylinder tubes up here on, on Mount Glory, and they run on compressed oxygen and propane and they direct an explosion at the snow surface so i'm walking to the avalanche guard as i said to um, arm that system for the season or at least arm part of it today uh, we have four avalanche guard boxes as we say total but yeah so i'm at like oh i don't know 9,500 feet and if people are wondering there is the skiing is non-existent yet don't go skiing it's not worth it <laughs> there is snow up here but it's not good <laughs> um go skiing if you want to break your leg <laughs> pretty much it's not Stephen, you nailed it right there like, if you want to get hurt go skiing right now <laughs> if you need to give teton orthopedics some on speed dial go skiing now yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew somebody that worked over at Teton Orthopedics. He ran the uh, business side of things for a whole bunch of years. And he's he was talking about broomball. He's like, broomball, that's my bonus. He's like, go yeah. play broomball all you want. He's like, yeah. we get so many messed up bodies from broomball. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I have multiple friends who have blown their ACLs playing broomball. Mm -hmm. I'm like... At least you could have done it doing something cool, <laughs> but whatever. It's still fun. And, uh, but yeah, I would, I would rate the, uh, the snow quality right now. It's poor to very poor. <laughs> now, Brendan, what area for YDOT do you cover? So we have, uh, we think of them as four areas. Um, we have highway or Wyoming 22, which is affectionately known as Teton pass. We also avalanche forecast for, the Snake River Canyon and the Hoback River Canyon. Additionally, we also forecast for uh, the roads uh, in and out of Jackson. There is an avalanche path just, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile south of High School Road. Uh, it's called the 151 path because it's at milepost 151. Uh, and that has permanent infrastructure and it. it has these snow supporting fences, we call them, that actually hold the snowpack up. Um, and then we have another one heading north out of town, and it's affectionately known as the Welcome to Jackson Path, because if you drive north and towards the sign that says Welcome to Jackson and you look uphill, that terrain looks fairly benign. But once you put snow on it, and especially if we have a low snowpack and cold temperatures and we have a really faceted snowpack, uh, that thing can and has hit the highway. Hmm. I love the technical terms that <laughs> You guys have come up with it's the the uh, the hello Jackson and then uh, the one fifty one. I, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, there's like let's you know you got to be real. I mean, we have uh, the two our two most frequent avalanche paths in the Hoback River Canyon. Uh, they do have avalanche mitigation system in in them. It's called an Obel X, and that system is flown into place looks like a giant egg and then it uses compressed hydrogen and compressed oxygen to direct an explosion at the snow surface but those two avalanche paths are called the cow and the calf of the woods hmm. so you know like cow you know a cow elk or a cow moose and a calf moose and then they're just down or upstream of it is actually one of the largest avalanche paths in this area and it's called the bull of the woods Huh. yeah so yeah we keep it really technical here <laughs> yeah now for what you do here in our area how many other avalanche forecasters how many other people have a similar role to you in the state of wyoming um right now full-time none mm -hmm. um i did have a co-worker he submitted his letter of resignation and his last day was November 5th. Um, and right now I have two, uh, what we call temps, two gentlemen who come on for the winter and they're with us for anywhere from six to nine months, depending on uh, our needs for the season. And they are, um, they've been ski patrollers in other places. I give them a lot of credit. Both of them moved here for the job. You know, we have a wealth of knowledge here in this valley. And I was very surprised uh, at how few applicants I got for this job from this valley. The other full-time position, we will, we're trying to, as I said, reclassify our position and what we do. 
And uh, in the way of government, it's easier to reclassify a job if no one is currently in that seat. And also, too, if we were to have tried to fly that full-time position, uh, we you still have to go through an appeal process to justify the position. And that can sometimes take up to three months, which would pretty much be the middle of my season anyways. So, um, so right now, just me from a highway forecasting standpoint. Obviously, you have forecasters for the Bridger Teton Avalanche Center, uh, but they are backcountry forecasters and they do not forecast for the highway. But you guys communicate regularly with each other. Yeah, we. I would say... Yes, we have a very, very good working relationship with them. Specifically for me, I have a really good working relationship with Lisa Van Skyver, uh, and she has been with the Avalanche Center now for five or six years. She is actually, her position is funded um, by the Grand Teton National Park Foundation. She technically works um, for the National Park. Additionally, she works for the Bridger Teton Avalanche Center. My coworker, who I was just discussing, he has actually taken a job with them uh, with the Bridger Teton Avalanche Center, and he will be forecasting for them this year. Um, so that's another good portion of the relationship. Yeah. And and I'm curious, how does what you do tie into those folks who are who keep the roads clear? And I'm curious of how that ties in together. But also, yeah. I'm really curious that when your gas X goes off and sets off an avalanche down the path or or what you're about to farm does, what's the process like to clear the road? Um, ideally, Stefan, in, in a perfect world, we actually want, right, we're trying to trigger those avalanches before they become so large that they are hitting the road. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and that's okay. kind of a, that's kind of a fine balance. But in the event that they do hit the road, uh, one of the other jobs that I'm tasked with is to operate a 45,000 pounds, 600 horsepower, 12 and a half liter John Deere diesel snowblower. It's about as American as you can get, man. That thing is all muscle. And that we use that to, well, it's, you know, it's a massive snowblower and we use that to clear the avalanche debris off the road. And then we communicate with our plow drivers as to when we feel it's safe and acceptable for them to begin plowing the road, getting it back into the shape that it needs to be for the traveling public. Mm -hmm. We try to make the determination as to whether to close the road. Ideally, we like to give the public at least 12 hours notice. Um, I should note that Colorado DOT doesn't tell people when they close the roads uh, and they do that because of concern for explosives. They don't want people knowing where things are. We do it a little different here just because we have a smaller population base and we don't really use a lot of explosives to do our mitigation work. So that's, I mean, I think it's kind of a nice thing that we're able to do for this community. Uh, sometimes we, we don't have that luxury, you know, if a weather system changes and produces a lot more than we think. And we might close the road with an hour's notice, or we might just close it and, and nobody gets any notice. And, and we recognize that and, and that it's a hardship for people. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm just trying to keep people safe. Sure. And and I appreciate you keeping people safe. And it's, it's not just the people who are driving the roads, but it's also those plow drivers. Yeah, those guys, those guys and, um, and gals, you know, we had a woman who worked on our crew. She was awesome. Uh, she passed away on the job a few years ago in the summer. Um, but, you know, I still like to think about Shirley quite a bit. You know, she was an awesome lady, really kind of brought a, um, a nice perspective to the crew. But those those folks are my first customers, you know, like I'm going to ask them to go out and work uh, and keep plowing the road. Sometimes we want them to keep plowing the road, even though the road is closed to traffic. And they want to keep plowing the road, too, because it makes it easier to deal with once we reopen the road. Um, and those are the type of things that I take into consideration, right? Like they have kids, they have families. You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I have an amazing girlfriend who's a huge resource for me. 
her name's Jen Reddy. She's a local graphic designer here in town and avalanche educator as well. And she's a volunteer on search and rescue. So, you know, I, and I'm really fortunate to have somebody like that, that I can go home and talk to, but I want to make sure that these guys can go home too. you know, like our mutual friend, Justin, Yeah, those guys are my eyes and ears, right? Like when I'm, when I go home, I got, you know, some nights I don't go home until 10, 11 o'clock at night, but there's a two, three hour window where I might get a phone call from one of my guys who's driving all the way back to Thane and he'll call me and tell me what he's seeing in Snake River Canyon. And I mean, like, no, I don't want a phone call at midnight, but I do at the same time. Like, you know, I, I need those guys. They're a huge part of what I do. And has it ever happened that one of those plow drivers has been taken out by an avalanche? Yeah, in 1986, up here on Teton Pass. Um, and, I, and it's funny, as soon as you ask that, I forget his name. Um, but that, at this time, is the only, knock on wood, the only um, YDOT personnel ever hit. But he, uh, this was prior to having a formal avalanche forecasting program with YDOT. And uh, he went out and... Uh, I think they estimate that his truck got hit at about 8.15 in the morning. Um, the road was closed at that time. You know, those guys, the morning crew comes in, they're in the trucks by 3 a.m. And he had gone out and he had plowed all of Wyoming 22 with the exception of Teton Pass. He went out and he plowed 390, a.k.a. the Village Road. And then he turned and made his way to the pass. And uh, roughly about 7.30, 7.45, the forecasters from the Jackson Hole Mountain Resort called YDOT. And we're like, hey, we're getting some huge avalanches in the resort. Like you guys mm-hmm. might want to think about this. And, and that at that time is when the discussion started about doing avalanche control. Like I said, this was pre any formal forecasting program for YDOT. So I think that's that's something that people should be aware of. And so there weren't there wasn't even the gas X up there at that point. Is what no, there wasn't. No, there was wow. no gas X. They were still shooting everything with artillery, uh, which we still do. We still have a howitzer. Uh, but because of the infrastructure, we don't use the howitzer as much because when the shells detonate on impact, they actually, the fragmentation from the shell can travel up to 1500 meters and it could cause damage to our infrastructure. But yeah, so that was, that was it, you know, 1986, like things are still a little cowboy. I mean, it's Wyoming, right? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Very, very Wyoming. Yeah. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle and join today. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding you to bring reusable bags whenever you go shopping for groceries or other favorites around town. We can help reduce the amount of products that go into our waste stream by using those reusable bags, by composting and recycling. We can compost our food scraps and the yard waste that comes from the fall cleanup or whenever mowing the yard in the summertime. So give them a call at 307-733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation and do your part to make an impact in the environment. Now, as far as keeping the roads clear here in 
Teton County compared to, let's say, the folks that take care of the road down on I-80, what's their life like? I'd say it's equally as hectic. Um, you know, there's, I'm glad you bring up I-80, Stefan, because there are days that, you know, when I feel overwhelmed here, I'm like, oh my God, everything's going nuts. And you're dealing with the, um, you know, you're dealing with vehicle traffic on Teton Pass. You're also dealing with the skier traffic up here and the parking issues. And our, our district is District 3. It runs from Rock Springs to, to Jackson, Wyoming. And I hear what's going on on I-80 and you hear about, you know, semis getting blown over. And, and well, I mean, there was one day two years ago, I, I pulled up the webcam and there was a hundred vehicle pileup that had three fatalities, mm. you know? And when people, when people around here get all upset about road closures and, you know, things going on on Teton Pass, Wyoming 22, I just like to point out that it's a two lane road. And yeah. despite what people here think, it's not, it's not the top priority for the state of Wyoming. Well, it sounds like safety is the top priority for the state of yeah. Wyoming. Yeah. And that's right. And yeah. And so that's why we close the roads and that's why we have to manage them the way that we do. But yeah, this place is tricky. This is, it's, yes, it's two lane road, but Wyoming 22 is actually the busiest two lane road in the state of Wyoming. Is it really? Mm -hmm. And I don't have vehicle numbers right off the top of my head, but it's pretty consistently. I mean, you have, you know, how many people commute every day and more and more traffic is coming up the State River Canyon. Yeah. It's busy. Yeah, it is. And it's remarkable with the consistency that you all are able to keep it open. Well, thanks. We appreciate that because, you know, you don't hear that a lot. We hear a lot of complaints. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Now, when people are, see the, the plow drivers and they want to pass the plow driver. The dumbest thing they could ever do. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, especially. I mean, how much does that plow weigh? That truck, when they're fully loaded, those trucks are about 55,000 pounds. Jeez. Yeah. So then that's just, that's something to consider, right? Teton Pass has a 60,000 pound weight limit. And these trucks, when they're fully loaded with sand, are roughly 50 to 55,000 pounds. Uh -huh. Especially if they have their wing plow out on the side and there's a big snow cloud behind them. People will, I've seen, I have video of cars trying to pass them on the right while they have their wing plow down. What? It's just not, yeah, it's not worth it, man. Like, I just don't understand um, you're putting their lives at risk and you're putting your life at risk as a driver. Cause that plow will win every time. <laughs> like it's oh, a big I'm truck. <laughs> I'm sure it would. And so the driver, what can they see? The plow driver? Yeah. What can they see? And if you're driving a car or just a regular pickup truck, uh, they can see you. I mean, but if they're, like I said, if there's a snow cloud behind them from what they're plowing, they, uh -huh. they, it's really hard to see behind them. Sure. You know, those guys have a really good feel for those trucks and what's going on and a really good feel for like what's going on underneath them. You know, they talk about that a lot about how they can kind of feel the road. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, when you spend, you know, I mean, man, on a big, big day, they're in that truck upwards of 14 hours. Like They know what that truck feels like. They know when that road is slick just by how the truck feels going down the road. Uh-huh. You know, and I doubt most people driving a car know that. True. Very, very true. And, and YDOT offers a lot of resources for people for what the road conditions are. Yeah. Um, are, are, do you guys now have an app? Uh, it's called 511 Notify. And the easiest way to do that is to, if you just Google 511 Wyoming, and then what you do is you can get on that. And it's not necessarily, to the best of my knowledge, it's not an app, but you can go on this website and it's a little clunky. You know, it's a state run website. 
you can set it up on that website for your phone to receive messages based on which road section. So if you want to only know about the Hoback River Canyon, but you only want to know about it when it's between the hours of like, you know, midnight to noon or noon to midnight, you can set all your alerts for that. Like I know for myself, like I have it set for, for the Hoback, for the Snake and Teton Pass. So that if anything happens, either just road closures in general, if it's an accident, if it's a mudslide, whatever, I get notified on my phone to let me know that that's going on. Because for me, I just want to know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily involved in everything that's happening, but I just want to know where my resources are, meaning my plow guys. And I want to know if they're safe. Right. Like sometimes they don't they don't have cell phone reception in the in the Snake River Canyon or in the Hoback, but I can hear the radio chatter and understand what's going on. They stay connected via some sort of radio service. Yeah, everybody has a radio in the truck. And I can Uh I mean, I can get on that radio and I can talk to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Hey, Brendan, you mentioned something that I'd like for you to touch on real quick. It's another part of nature that you guys deal with the mudslides. I remember a few years ago, there was one that closed down the canyon, the Snake River Canyon for quite a while. Yeah. Um, is that something that's pretty prevalent around here? Something that you guys have to keep close eye on? You know, it's, I don't think it's as prevalent as people think it is, or at least to that scale. You know, I, I was not working for YDOT on, at that time, so I might not be the best one to comment on that. Uh-huh. But that, you know, that was a substantial event. But from the best of my knowledge, when you have really dry soil and you get a high saturation of water, like you have, that's just, that's indicative of the soil structure that we have around here. So yeah, in the spring, we get a lot of little ones, um, but we certainly are always waiting for a big one again. Is there any way to really forecast that? No, not really. Yeah, no. Now you are now at your location. You have hiked to the spot where you need to be. So I don't want to keep you much longer because I'm sure it's, um, you would like to get back to what you need to do. <laughs> so you're not up there. Yeah, it's a little windy, you know, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you had some final departing words of advice for people who are who are listening, what would you want them to remember most of all what we talked about today? Everything we're doing is to protect them. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, like I, you know, I've worked, as you pointed out, I've worked in the snow world, we'll say or the, you know, coming into the better part of my life now. And this is the most stressful snow related job I've ever had, but it's also the most fulfilling. Mm. Um, I, I really appreciate that you, you know, you said that people appreciate what we do because I don't think we hear it enough. Um, I know my plow drivers don't hear it enough. Um, and so I, I would just ask people to remember that, that like our role as a department of transportation is to make the road safe for the traveling public to the best of our ability. And one thing for people that might be listening um, that I I do want to touch on real quick, and I think it's um, maybe some sort of misinformation. We as avalanche forecasters and avalanche mitigators do not perform avalanche control for skiers. Mm. I want to emphasize that. Like our job is to forecast and address avalanches before they become large enough to be natural avalanches that will hit the highway. This is Teton Pass specifically, Stefan, is not a ski area. It is not addressed and maintained the way that the Jackson Hole Mountain Resort is. And I just want anybody that's listening to put that out there 
to the world. And, and I, I know a lot of people are like, well, why don't you do that? Because that is not the role of the Department of Transportation. We are not in the business of recreation management. It may seem that way at times, but we're not. Our job is to protect the traveling public. And if that means we have to close the road for a number of hours to, to address the avalanche problem that may exist, we will do so. Another thing that we do now is we will allow the road to be open but we close any parking within the corridor specific to Teton Pass. And that is to try and limit the number of potential skiers and snowboarders above the highway. So I want to, so two things, I guess, if I had to summarize would be, we are doing this for your safety and we do not perform avalanche control for skiers and snowboarders. I appreciate you clarifying that. And yes, there's always some sort of perception of, what YDOT should be doing, but um, right. <laughs> as you said, you're, you're there for the safety of the people on the road. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what keeps me awake at night is, uh, you know, wondering if people are going to get home to Idaho falls to see their family, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I mean, you know, it. we got people that commute that far every single day. Oh, sure. And I just, I just want to make sure they can get home. That's very nice of you. Uh, and, and then, and I'm glad to hear that, we have people such as yourself that uh, care so much and also the plow drivers that care so much to keep our roads open and safe for people to be able to commute wherever they're going, wherever they need to be, that they can be home with their families at night. Yeah. Yep. Well said. Well, Brendan, I don't want to keep you any longer because I know you've got work to do and uh, it'll be dark before we know it at this time. It, time of the year. I yep. so appreciate what you do and the rest of the YDOT team does for our community and the neighboring communities in this district number three. And be safe out there. And it's Thank great you. to see you and say hi to Jen for me when you see her. And we'll do. Absolutely. Be safe and have a great winter. Thank you, sir. You too. All right. Take care, Brendan. Thank you. Bye-bye. To learn more about Brendan and how YDOT keeps our roads safe, give us a visit at the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 166. Thank you, everybody who keeps this podcast going. It's the listeners. It's you all who tune in each week. It's you all who are sharing this podcast. Keep on listening. If you know somebody that should be a guest here, send us their information. Send it to connect at the JacksonHoleConnection.com. Thank you, everybody. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.